Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Compass Thoughts, Belmont Assembly's official podcast. My name is Pastor Joey Silva, and I am joined today by not one, but two very special guests, two halves of one coin, the team that makes up our media department here at Belmont. One, Joshua Kirby Torres, and the other, Jonathan Palomo. And uh, guys, so grateful to have you both on. I know you hate being in front of the mic. I know that you are nervous about this part, but I also know that being behind the scenes guys, uh, a lot of times people don't understand who you are, what you do, and, and where you're coming from. So I wanted to start with a little bit of insight on each of you. And uh, Kirby, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, your first real name is Joshua. That's Kirby's true. not on any legal documents. My government name. Yeah. So uh, why don't you give the, I know the story, why don't you give our listeners a little insight into why we call you Kirby? All right. goes back to grammar school. Um Kirby is this Nintendo character that's round, pink, and just, I guess, adventurous. And that's who I was as a kid. And so my grammar school friends, specifically Melody, uh, called me, you know, Kirby, and it stuck. My family calls me Kirby, you know. <laughs> Your own mother calls you Kirby? My own mother. I mean, she'll call me Poppy or... <laughs> But it's it's Kirby sometimes. You know? I love it. I love how nicknames can stick, especially among <laughs> Latino people. It's like, you are forever papito. Right. <laughs> I love it. it. And speaking of nicknames, um, for those of you who follow Jonathan's creative <laughs> elements uh, on a lot of his social media, he is known as Bag of Rocks or Bago Rocks or whatever Fraggle Rock name you want to have Fraggle there. Rocks. Uh, Jonathan, let, let's illuminate the audience on why you have that name. What does that mean? Man, I, that's something I don't know if I want to talk about. You know, I didn't expect that one. <laughs> um, uh, so basically, I did improv in, back in high school. And uh, my imp- I used to always have my beanie in my back pocket. Like, so be chilling there when I walked into improv class and everything. And my teacher was kind of just like, man, it looks like you got a, you got a bag of rocks chilling in your back pocket there. That's your name, <laughs> bag of rocks. And I don't know, it's kind of the same thing against the family thing. It just stuck. Everybody from improv called me that. And it was kind of cool because it's like, kind of like as we we're going around in high school and everything, they're like, yo, Bag of Rocks, what's up, man? Um, and it's funny how it just kind of stuck. It became an Instagram thing. Um, and then even like years down the line, I saw one of, my, one of the people that did it with me, at like Gene and Juice, he works there now. And like I pull up to the, the line and he's just like, yo, Bag of Rocks, what's up? I'm just like... What's up, man? <laughs> I'm just amazed that you did improv. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, are you, were you going to start an improv crew here at the church? Maybe teach a little improv to our youngins? I didn't even know that, like, specific aspect of the really? story. <laughs> little yeah. whose line is it anyway type of situation? Um, I mean, it was a cool thing. I mean, to be honest, uh, it was After School Matters, and they paid me. Yeah. So I was just trying to make some money. Come on. Uh, but it was really cool. <laughs> like, towards the end of it, uh, we were at Second City. Yeah. Like on like the main stage. I mean, given it was Bro, just, you could have been on SNL. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> the Lord had other plans. It, it's great to see just talking with both of you that creativity has kind of always been a part of you. You know, you, you both talked about since back in your school days and grammar school days and high school days, there's an element of creativity, whether it was musical or creative arts or technical photography. Um, each of you, I think, has kind of dipped your feet into creativity and each of you actually both came to a strong relationship in Christ here at Excel, our youth ministry, when you were teenagers. And so I think it's interesting how God kind of 
took what he always placed in you and then began to form it for his honor and for his glory, which is what I want to talk about in this podcast is the role that art and technology play in the mission of the church. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, you know me, I'm a huge backer of this. I'm a huge supporter of what you guys do, partly because I can't do it. I'm not good at those kinds of things. I don't have that skill set, but I'm so appreciative of the men and women that God has raised up to be what I feel is part of his DNA. God is the creator, right? God is an amazing creator. And so um, I want to give just a quick backstory on, on even how we ended up with uh, two guys on our media department or a media department. And this went back to when Kirby was a volunteer youth leader and you were doing it, you know, all that stuff for Excel and, and making it happen and raising up guys like Jonathan and teaching. And it got to a point where we really felt like, man, we need this as a church. And so I remember having a meeting with Pastor Carlos and kind of trying to sell him on the idea that, hey, we need a media person. Are you willing to hire a media person? Now, being Pastor Carlos, I think he already was five steps ahead of me on that. But him trying to raise up people too said, all right, here's the deal. You present it before the board. And if the board approves it, then that can be your first hire. And I already had Kirby in mind for this. And so I remember having that conversation with you and trying to make sure that, you know, this is something you wanted. And I went to the board and I said, this was August when I brought this up. I said, do me a favor, indulge me for a second and uh, describe Santa Claus, which was very odd for them. But they did it, you know, red coat, chubby, white beard, you know, the typical Santa Claus. And I said, do you realize that you describe Santa Claus that way because of Coca-Cola? Before around the 1930s, 1940s, Santa Claus was any number of descriptions. He had a green coat, a blue coat, he had a red beard. It depends on what part of the world you were in. He had a different description of Santa Claus. Coca-Cola started a marketing campaign for Christmas and they hired a guy to draw Santa Claus for them. And because their marketing was so vast and huge, it changed the way the world viewed Santa Claus. Matter of fact, the two most common words in the English language are okay and Coca-Cola. That's how powerful <laughs> Coca-Cola's marketing has been throughout the years. They actually pay people in some impoverished towns, uh, they'll pay them to paint their house Coca-Cola red. And the people just, they can use the paint job, so they take it. <laughs> um, I bring that up in, in that meeting because I said, here's the deal. Coca-Cola, they've never changed their recipe except for one time in the 80s, which some people think was a marketing ploy anyways. And so for years, the recipe has stayed the same, but they've always adapted marketing. I believe as Christians, we have the greatest product the world has ever known and ever needed in the gospel. We should never change the gospel. But if we fail to adapt in how to present the gospel, we will fail at the mission that God has given us. And so I said, guys, we are at that point, we were like 10 years behind media in in any form. I mean, we were still using like slides and projectors and um, our media content was was not where it needed to (laughs) be. We needed some serious jump boosts. And so I said, hey, we have a guy who's got a bachelor's degree already in graphic design. And more than that, he has a heart for it. And and I believe he's the person that we need to hire. And not one person objected. Everyone on the board was a unanimous yes. I think mostly because of your character, but secondly, because we needed it. And thank God, not just for you, but for raising up Jonathan and, and bringing somebody under your wing. And now we have two phenomenal guys that have taken this church to places that we really needed to go. And so with that being said, I want to kind of pick your brains a little bit on this. And um, 
I want to ask you a little bit. I think in the past year, churches all over the world have felt the impact and need for new creative and technological ways to do church. And what ways have the church risen to meet those needs? And either one of you can answer both. There's so many different ways, so many different um, like aspects, angles, walks of life. Uh, I think we are called, and I know we are called, um, to use what we have. Yeah. And uh, I've personally, again, this is my opinion. I feel like we're born into a specific place to reach those people specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have specific traits that will, you know, reach them. Um, so every church in every community has, uh, you know, that identity. Mm-hmm. Every single individual Christian has their identity in Christ, um, specific to what God has called them to do. Even if they they don't know that yet, God can reveal that uh, to them. So again, the pandemic comes, people are forced to not interact with each other directly mm-hmm. uh, for fear of spreading, or not even allowed, or not even allowed. And I mean. I think about the underground churches in, in China, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, so many of them illegal. Yeah. And yet, you know, like AG shares this with us that it's one of the, or, uh, the largest AG church in, in the world is in China. Yeah. The underground church, the China. underground church. And, um, you know, there are ways to do things. Um, I mean, and to bring it back to, you know, let's say what we're doing or what we see, um, you know, people are making apps, church at home. Mm-hmm. People are having small groups, really small groups, mm-hmm. tight-knit groups of even their families to watch church. Yeah. I, know, um, I know people from this church uh, in the Spanish ministry who turn it on for their elderly parents, invite their close family who, you know, all test negative every week for mm-hmm. their work, for their employers. Um, and they have church, you know, in their grandmother's uh, yeah. living room. I love that. Jonathan, any, any ways, maybe specific areas where you've seen art and technology marry with the mission of the church in this past year? I mean, it, I think it's crazy because it's like, that's, it's literally what had to happen. You yeah, know? Like, like no choice. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, well, even then I think we do have a choice. Don't do church or figure out a new way to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's kind of one of those things where if you choose not to do it, yeah. you know, or you choose not to look for that other outlet, um, you kind of just get lost in the mix. It's kind of it's kind of that hard choice where it's like, do we want to push our church and spend a little more money to get online, to get on Facebook, to get on YouTube, to do something, mm-hmm. um, or do we not want to? And it's it's hard because it's like, um, you don't want to give in to the world and you don't want to like yeah. just do what everybody else is doing. But it's kind of like we have to do this to get that message out there. Yeah. You know, we have to do this to get the new, good news out there. Um, and in, especially in like the pandemic, you know, people need the gospel. Yeah. Um, so it's like, people were like, okay, cool. What can we do? And then they kind of, you know, you kind of just realize like, well, we're on Facebook already. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Instagram, you know, like how all these social medias even blew up this year, you know, how churches even joined TikTok and yeah. made little snippets here and there. Um, and it's kind of crazy because, you know, everyone wants the great content and wants that great quality. But then at the root of it, it's like, man, if you got an iPhone, you, yeah. got, a, you got a decent right. Android, you know, like, let's make a video. Yeah, let's right. throw it out there. And right. someone is bound to um, just hear it and feel it and right. see like, man, this is God. This is God right. moving. 
Yeah, you know, if, if you have a word, there are so many different avenues, uh, you know, to put it out there. You know, it doesn't have to be jump online mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people, especially for those who don't know how to do it. It's better sometimes not to jump online. Yeah. Uh, not just, you know, not being a stickler about quality, but you can't hear what you're saying. The video is subpar. Um, there are other creative ways to connect with people. Yeah. You know, just jumping in on that real quick. I think about our teenagers and this past summer we did the one day give. And so they had to figure out ways to raise money for missions and the creative elements that they came up with, right? We had people that went on Instagram and did live karaoke. We had people that, um, you know, waxed their legs, guys that waxed their legs live on, you know, Facebook (laughs) to raise money for missions. We had people do photography and sell prints and just mail the prints. Um, people that drew and created art and we were able to raise uh, close to $8,000 in just doing some of these creative elements yeah. and it forced our people to think outside the box yeah. and not just go door to door and say hey can you give me $5 right. but really try to figure out you know we saw Zoom online um, I know um, there's some missionaries that were talking to me about areas that they go to where the gospel uh, it's illegal it's illegal to be a Christian period and so one of the things they did is they have these notebooks that they hand out and the notebook it looks like a plain notebook but what they've done is they've written the gospel in it in invisible ink Mm -hmm. and so you don't see it until you flash a black light on it and then you can read the gospel and so there's all these really creative cool ways that we are not just forced to but need to adapt to present the gospel and i and i love that you guys were were way ahead already so i like that we didn't have to shift too much you know we were already on that journey yeah. uh, and even then you helped us really adapt because a lot of times it's hey jonathan can you do this hey kirby can you set this up um and again you know, a lot of times the pastors get the credit uh but it was you guys behind the scenes a lot of times it was just you two and pastor running the service yeah. on sunday and yeah. making sure that or jp you know, yeah, when or I got everybody COVID. can handle it. When Ooh. you had COVID, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. So here's here's yeah. an interesting question then. Uh, because a lot of people don't see what you do, how would you explain to a volunteer or anyone in general the spiritual impact mm. of clicking on slides or zooming in on a camera? Somebody wants to join your team because they feel like they want to serve God, <laughs> and you tell them, yeah, put this headset on and follow that guy with the camera. That doesn't seem spiritual to me. So, so how do you make that connection for people? You're one piece of a larger puzzle. It's, it's so hard to see outside of ourselves sometimes in, in the moment of what we're doing. Um, so hard to see the future of a single action. And I believe, um, I mean, I've got so many different stories from people who've watched online and been touched. Uh, we recently got, some comments on was it Instagram on our Belmont assembly Instagram of someone who found the podcast that we've been putting up and just ran through them. And God started touching, you know, her life and, and, and opening her eyes, uh, to the sin that she was in, but also, uh, to the love that God has for her. And, you know, that's just one of the recent uh, oh, ways. Dude, let me touch base on this because I got a follow-up to that. So you and I were talking about that. She messaged us. I, I have access. And so I noticed she had found the Excel one. She was just randomly looking for youth sermons and stumbled upon it. Now, she was in Louisiana. So I don't know how she came across ours. Mm. I, I, I do know. I think it's God. 
Uh, but hey, she reached out to us. I asked her where she was in Louisiana. and I found out where she was. I reached out to a friend of mine who's a pastor in that area. Well, we find out that his church is down the block from where she lives. And she had passed Yo. that church multiple times, not knowing it was even a church. So I contact them. We swap numbers. We get in contact with her. And she has been going to that church ever since. Wow. She's jumped into a small group. She's connected. This is what I think about when I think about the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never even met that pastor friend. I I only met him through some connections. Yeah. And so it was just FaceTiming and phone calls and text messages. And somebody hundreds of miles away who stumbled across our audio file, heard the gospel, had it reignited in her heart, got connected into a local church and is now doing great and thriving. Yeah, man. When we're sitting there going, man, does anybody even listen to these? Yeah. We we have uh, Gio Bahena from our church who yeah. gave his life to Christ online. He's actually blind. He cannot see it, but he listens to, uh, and he listened years ago to the stream that we were putting out. Um, this was through our website. He hit a Google search. He found Belmont Assembly of God and started listening to the sermons. And then he's like, where can I, how can I get there? Call the Pace. Pace drops him off on Sunday morning and he's here worshiping in person. Like the technology connected to him. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, it's, it kind of goes to either like our earlier, like I don't want to be a, a stickler for quality or, you know, but it's kind of like if we, if all these things we do, you know, and it, it produces a great quality and like, the, the audio is great and the video is great. It's going to make people want to, you know, stay um, and like keep watching, you know, yeah, longer. That's true too. Obviously, we know how like, you know, attention spans are just not there now, you know, and obviously we all do it. Like if I jump on a video and like I can't hear that person two seconds later, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to move on. Yeah. You well, know? I think that goes to your point. The quality needs to be good enough that the person doesn't notice the quality. They just notice the content. That's true. Yeah. So they're like, oh… I didn't even notice if it was amazing or bad. I'm just like so into what they're saying. But if it cracks, if the it's not buffering, you know. Yeah. Um, and I love that you two have always championed quality because it's easy to settle for, hey, it's out there, right? Yeah. Like, you know, who cares? We got something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Bible is clear, right? Do it all as if you were doing it for the Lord. If mm-hmm. Jesus asked you, Jonathan, to record a sermon of his, I think you'd try your best. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's what we're still doing. These are God's sermons. These are God's voices. Um, now, here's kind of a little bit of shift in that. Some argue that when it comes to art, specifically art, but even with technology, the church regularly tries to copy and adapt worldly culture rather than create its own. Hmm. And so the church got really into rap. Suddenly we had Christian rap. You know, <laughs> the church got really into TikTok and now pastors want to use TikTok. And, and you know, some may argue that, hey, we don't need to be like the world. We can just, yeah. you know, grab a Bible and go into the street and do it our own way. Right. Uh, what would you say to somebody who has that kind of thinking? Um, I, I mean, it's probably just cause I'm the youngest one here, you know? So I'm just like, well, duh, <laughs> you know, like this is where, um, this is what we're doing. But I think the bigger thing too is like, um, we have to go where the people are, mm-hmm. you know, we have to, it's, it's that whole, like, you don't want, obviously you don't want to put yourself in temptation and all that. But if you have to, you know, cast your net out into these darker areas so that, someone sees a light that's so that someone hears, you know, about Jesus, then, you know, why not? Yeah. You know, I feel like a, a lot of people or churches do, do just kind of stop themselves from reaching certain 
certain people groups just because like of who those kind of people who those people are. Yeah, or where you know? they are. Yeah, or where they are. You know, they can easily say like TikTok is just a bunch of Susia's dancing mm-hmm. and doing, you know, bad stuff. But it's like, man, if I could, you know, use a trending song and have a sermon in that song, if someone's going through the through those all those videos and they hear a sermon, it's like Yeah, it's this day's way of going into the brothels and preaching the gospel wow. like Jesus did. And Jesus spoke to farmers and prostitutes and thieves, and he used their illustrations, right? He talked about tending to sheep. And, you know, I think you're just doing the same when you use technology in a way that meets people where they're at and you do things. And I don't think we're always copycatting. I think some do. I think some churches. Oh, yeah, like right after. Yeah, (laughs) like trying to seem relevant, come across as fake. And I think the world has a really good nose for that and is even turned off by that. But I think, like, you know, you two are, are way cooler than I am as far as aesthetics go, I would say. Uh, you know, if I walked in with a half-cock beanie on, I don't think it would look all that cool. Um, but you guys are both wearing it you? right now. So You're talking to you or you're talking yeah, to me? Out here. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it works. Um, one last question, and, and Kurt, maybe you can kind of give me your opinion on this. And Jonathan, I'd love to hear you too. What are some different examples that people can use as far as using their artistic abilities to serve God and the local body. For example, someone might come up to you and say, well, listen, I I like to draw, but I don't see how I can use that for anything. Or I like to, you know, whatever, dance, and how do I do that for the Lord? Like, what are some ways that people can use their God-given artistic abilities to serve God? You talk about drawing, um, you know, drawing, sketching, it's the same as, you know, playing a tune on a guitar. Mm-hmm. And actually, both of those things, hand in hand, are what brought me to church. Wow. Um, Pastor John mm-hmm. did an outreach at Lane, invited everybody here for another pizza party. And I saw that there was a live band. There were, like, artistic portraits of whatever series they were going through. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. I like this club. I want to go here. I want to do this. Like, I want to play those drums there. Um, And that's what, that's what brought me, you know, we're using all of those artistic abilities to worship God, um, to usher in the spirit of God, to show something of his glory, uh, a different side of him. They're, they're used to teach. They're used to create an altar Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, if, if someone is sketching, and they have no idea where that can take them. Let's use that drawing in a sketch that maybe we'll use as a, I don't know, um, a mural somewhere. Sure. How about you, Jonathan? How do you feel people can use the varying arts? Um, I mean, I, the way I see it is like, it's kind of like how any ministry is made in their church, you know? There's so many different, you know, we ask like, either kids that or like, you know, that we're asked that, you know, we're in youth group, like, oh man, what do you like? What do you like doing as a hobby? Yeah. You know? And it always turns into like, all right, let's put a group together. Let's really find out who else likes that. <laughs> and now we're part of the club. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And now and now we're we're Community. you know, we're drawing together. We're taking photos together, you know? Um, I mean uh, uh, I have a group chat, you know, it's the photo boys, you know, it's just I'm not in that group we, chat. You shut up. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it's just like, it's, we all met through the church, you know? And then like, like I said, like the photography thing, like it's obviously you to take photos of the church. I mean, 
a lot of people can be like, oh, like, what's the point of that? Like, how, what's, what does that do for the kingdom? But it's kind of like, you never know what's going on in someone's life, you know? Um, like, there could be times we could be taking photos of just, like, the people in, you know, the crowd or people worshiping and all that. Um, like, there was, um, there was one time where, uh, we're, like, share the love and the grub, you know? I, I was taking photos and everything. It was, like, the altar call time or, like, the kids praying with the parents. Um, and then we find out later that one of the parents passed. Yeah. Um, and then, so we're going through the photos and like, there was a photo of like the dad with the girls, like hugging. Yeah. With his kids. You know, like they were praying for him and everything. Which I think was the last picture they ever took together. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, um, like you're doing this for Christ and then like my talent or my hobby, like Mm -hmm. I'm just doing it to have fun, but then it turns to something bigger and it's like, you don't realize that when you just join a little little club of people doing it together in the church, you know? But it's like God's gonna use you in whatever way possible. You just gotta really put yourself out there yeah. to do it and be yeah. used. It's like what the Bible talks about, whatever you do, do it unto the glory of God. And I like what you touched on, the emphasis of community and feeling like you're connected to somebody. And so, you know, these are ways that I asked a buddy of mine one time, how do you build more creatives in the church. And he said, creatives attract creatives. And so you got to give an opportunity for the creative people in your church to shine, to do what God called them to do. And I even think about how the Bible says that no one has an excuse to not believe that there's a God. They simply have to look at all creation. Like God's proof of his existence is his creativity. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think about it, he could have made every tree green. He could have made, you know, every cloud the same shape. He could have made everything one monolithic thing. And yet God in his wisdom didn't even want every snowflake to be the same. Mm. Um, and so I just love that we have a variety of that. And my prayer has been for a long time that guys like you continue to shine and give you know, some of these young guys, I think about someone like Jeremiah right now in our youth group who yeah. is now going to be possessing a camera. It's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. This camera has gone Man. through the hands of like five <laughs> different photographers in our church. I think Ooh. it was your first camera, right, Jonathan? I mean, before me, man, it went on tour with Chance. Okay. It went, yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, taking pictures of Chance the Rapper. Then it got to you. Then it got to who? It's Geo. Geo. And now it's gotten to Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. It's passing on the understanding that this is a gift that God gave you. And so because of that, we need to make sure that we figure out ways to give it back to God and to each other. And so I just want to make sure I say this publicly, how grateful I am for you, Jonathan, and for you, Kirby, for all your your thankless work and all the times you put into, especially in this past year, making sure that the church never closed, the church never stopped doing what God called us to do. You set up a way for it to happen. And uh, I'm eternally grateful for both of you guys and what you continue to do. And those of you who are listening, hey, man, if you're creative, if you're looking for ways to express your creative outlet, contact us, let us know. We'll figure out some stuff. We'll try to get you involved as best as we can. Uh, But we believe that not only is there room for creatives in the church, we believe that God intentionally always plan to use creatives, whether it's to adorn Solomon's temple or, or to just simply preach the gospel on Instagram. Um, God is setting that up. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned next week as we interview another guest and we continue to explore uh, the various compass thoughts. God bless you. And we'll see you soon.